You're listening to the Great Groups Podcast. In today's episode, Chris and I talk about multiplying your group. You'll not only hear about why to do it, but how to multiply your group. You're listening to the Great Groups Podcast. Our goal is to equip small group leaders at Brook Hills and beyond to make disciples through effective group ministry. You'll hear from Jay Gordon, who has more than 30 years of experience in leading church small group ministries. And he'll be joined by Chris Amaro, one of the small group leaders for the Church of Brook Hills. And often, you'll also enjoy interviews with other small group leaders. So, enjoy the commute, and thanks for listening to the Great Groups Podcast. Well, here we are again, and it looks like we showed up in, um, you know, in appropriate attire. I, I showed up in a Great Groups t-shirt, and Chris is excited about baseball. He's there with his Boston shirt on. Go Red Sox. All right. Uh, <laughs> have we mentioned on a podcast podcast yet that my team... They're world champions. Did we mention that? Um, I, if you want to say it again, it's okay. Allowed. The Atlanta yeah. Braves, okay, yep. are world champions. Ready for your Ooh, hey, hey, no, that hurt. <laughs> that hurt. You didn't have to go there. Daggers. <laughs> oh was man, that, was that the knife or the? Yeah, twist? yeah, that was both. Okay, that was both. But hey, anyway, it's going to be an exciting year. I'm, I'm glad they're going to play instead of strike or have lockout I, or whatever that is. Look, we talked about this earlier. I'm so glad p- pitches are being thrown, yes. strikes are being called, bats yes. are swinging. Yes, that's happy. true. That's happy. true. Okay, today we're talking about multiplication, and Chris, I meant to do this immediately after episode 45, which was when we had guests with us, Josh Lewis and Nathan Jackson. Mm. And that that title was Group Multiplication, A Story of Three Generations. And so um, we're going to review that in, in just a minute. I'm going to ask Chris to tell us a little bit about that, recap that. But um, we wanted to follow that with the, the hows and whys. And here we are, you know, five episodes later, some things <laughs> happened in between here and there. And so anyway, we'll get it in when we can. You know, what's, we, the, what's the phrase, left comes at you fast? <laughs> yes, that it does. And so I, I was putting together some, uh, some points for today, and I, I wound up with 28 points in different categories. Yes, so you did. Over the next five episodes, we'll be talking about <laughs> multiplying your group. Um, we might lose some of our audience. Yes, we might. Episodes. We might. So uh, our rule is two. The two is the most we're going to do on on, uh, on one thing in a row. But um you know, just to recap that previous episode, uh, that that was such an exciting story that uh, that Josh Lewis uh, grew a group on Wednesday nights and actually didn't just multiply that group. You guys created three groups, and Chris started leading out of that. So maybe I've told the whole story already, but Chris, what, what do you add to that story? <laughs> that, that's a good bit of it. Um, yeah, so we, we had started a, a small group, gosh, eight years ago, um, started with nine families and 20 kids and ended up with uh, 27 families, 91 children. And, um, wonderful to see that multiply, uh, three different ways. And some of our listeners wish their churches were that large. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Right. Um, and then you had three groups come out of that and, uh, those three groups, um, did well. And, um, out of one of those being mine, uh, we actually multiplied again. Uh, we had a, a young man, Nathan Jackson come in with his wife and, um, he just had a, uh, I just had a really good feeling about his ability to teach and lead. And uh, so now you have a small group coming out of his group and um, it's just beautiful to see take place. But yeah, so there's three generations and I'm going to drop a little story. There could be a fourth. Wow. Could be a fourth. So would love to see where that goes. And wouldn't it be awesome to, to see four generations? It really would. That's great. We'd have to do an episode on it. There we go. (laughs) We can do it. We'll put it down. But you know, it's called different things. So, 
we we tend to call it multiplication here. Um, they taught us in seminary not to use the word split because if you go into a group and say, "Hey, we're we're going to split your group," of course, regardless of what you say, that's the way people see it. Yeah, it, it has a negative connotation. Yes, yeah, it yes, does. It does. I'll tell you, I heard one a few years ago that I liked better that was used out of the relational discipleship network, mm-hmm. and it was branching. That's a good one. You know, I if like you that. just picture yeah. growth and, and branching. It's got a John 15 vibe to it. There you go. Right? Yeah. Very much so. I like, like that. that. And, um, you know, one interesting thing, uh, some churches focus on that. Uh, some churches don't really have that at all in their culture. And so, um, you know, some churches that maybe, maybe are kind of stagnant, uh, just don't want to make any waves, you know, and, and that kind of thing. And uh, some churches that are growing, they just totally focus on starting new groups all the time, not necessarily multiplying existing groups, hmm. but just continuing to start groups. And I think a lot of those type churches are churches that are primarily off campus where the groups are limited by site, you know, by space right? anyway. And so that that's some of the philosophy there. And so, you know, it's kind of interesting here at Brook Hills, we have about half of our groups on campus, half of our adult groups off campus. And so... Um, we call them all the same thing, small groups, but it's, uh, sometimes the dynamics are a little different. So I'm pretty sure I know the answer to this, but why is it important that we multiply or we branch as opposed to just start over? I'm glad you asked about that. You know, we're, um, <laughs> was that a terrible segue? No, <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that, Chris. Um, yeah, let's talk about the why a little bit. Um, one of the things I think is really significant and, and this is a, Point number one on the why is probably going to spill over into some others, but it really forces us to think in a healthy way. If multiplication becomes part of our culture, it for- forces us to to think outside the box and to think toward reaching people and making disciples. If we never talked about that, we could be just really content to be happy as a group and be who we are and really not focus on on reaching people, but um, I, I believe God's kingdom was meant to multiply on on different levels. Of course, there's the individual level. We are individually to win people to Christ and bring them into the church and disciple them. And of course, it's it's healthy for churches to multiply. We I think we would all agree that that's a healthy thing. And although we wouldn't get this necessarily from the Bible, there's not a whole lot about our small groups. But I think it's healthy if our small groups multiply. I think that can really just help us focus on some healthy things. And those healthy thoughts, I mean, are focused on the people who aren't here yet. I've heard some churches say that they are uh, they really exist for the people who aren't here yet. And mm. that's kind of interesting. That'll stretch your brain to think about. But yeah. I've heard it said, you know, the church is one of the organizations, one of the only organizations that exists for people who aren't here yet. And of course, that's not our only function. We're to worship God, make disciples, and a lot of other things. But that's an interesting way to think about that. Yeah, that's good. What would you say is, uh, what could come out of an unhealthy standard of not multiplying? I mean, do you just become a social club at that point? Is there- oh, you could. You know, I think we, we focus sometimes too much on Bible knowledge, and we can really focus on the teaching component of small group. And if we're continuing to learn, I mean, you can have a good Bible teacher that's teaching people well, and they're really enjoying learning but they're not really practicing the obedience mm. that God calls us to in, in reaching other people. And some of our leaders don't equip people well for those, uh, what I sometimes call maybe the higher levels of spiritual growth. I, I got to share this with you. This is not scripted in our, our program, <laughs> but I, I was just thinking earlier today and I thought, thought about this. 
the things that got us to where we are, the spiritual practices that got us to where we are, may not take us as far as Christ wants us to go. And and the the thought I was thinking behind that is we get to a point in our life that we kind of stagnate if we don't start serving others and using our spiritual gifts mm. and trying to lead people to Christ and trying to disciple others. There's a whole set of skills that we learn by that. And sometimes we can just be content. We as believers can be content just taking in information and learning new deep Bible truths. And I, I just think that's a dangerous place. I mean, it, of course, it's not dangerous to learn new Bible truths, but if we don't start putting into practice what we learn, then that can be an unhealthy situation where we're just there to meet our own needs. Mm, that's strong. Yeah, the second thing is that there are many people in our groups who are gifted in different ways to lead. And if we never multiply our groups, there can be one or two people sitting in your group who God's gifted to lead, but they're not given that opportunity. And, and I think that's wasted. We all know, sort of like we were just saying, that people grow when they use their spiritual gifts. Uh, it's been interesting. Sometimes I've had people come to me and say, sometimes they might express a little bit of a frustration with their small group leader. And one of my thoughts, I always process it. I ask myself one or two questions. Are they just a complainer or are they a person who's gifted to lead? And that's why they see some things they could do better Mm -hmm. in their small group leader. And often it's that second thing. It's somebody that God's called to lead. So they're analyzing and they're thinking about how they would do it. And so I've, I've, had a lot of conversations that led to somebody being a small group leader when they're asking some questions about something that's going on in their group. And so I I just think that's something that's been interesting in my past. Number three, uh, the reason why is just to have room for more people. You know, sometimes our groups can, can just kind of, kind of get full and we're in a full room and we're not really thinking when our, when all the chairs are taken Hey, let's go out and get more people <laughs> because <laughs> because we're going. Where would we put them if we had them? And so, I'm a huge proponent of all of our groups having an extra chair or two in the room when you meet. In fact, I've I've practiced that so much as a rule before. Like if all the chairs get full, even if there's not somebody standing there waiting, I'll I'll ask somebody in the group, Hey, go out and get some more chairs. And let's in case somebody else shows up, let's let's have a place for them. And so, mm. I think that's important. Principle. I think that was that was kind of a key thing with my multiplication of my group with Nathan. Um, we had we had a couple of families that came in that were we're all close friends with, and um, they love being a part of our group. But there was a unique thing that they were connected with uh, that they wanted to explore, and it had to do with their children and a school system mm-hmm. they were in. Um, and lo and behold, the Lord had just rigged to where more families were showing up with their kids in the same school system that lived in the same area and they wanted that community, but they couldn't get it anywhere else. Cool. And so this thing just kind of naturally formed yeah. by creating empty chairs. Mm-hmm. And so we, instead of it being like a, Oh no, this group needs to multiply, but don't take my friends. No, I want them <laughs> to go because they have that bond right. and then they can grow from there. And so we saw that naturally happen and it was, it was a wonderful thing. Cool. Cool. The fourth point on the why is, I think it's just biblical. You know, one of the best principles I get is from Second um, Timothy two two. Uh, we were talking generations just a minute ago. That actual verse, Second Timothy two, shows us four generations of believers. 
And if you aren't familiar with that verse, I'll go ahead and, and share it with you. It says this. Paul says, um, you've heard me teach things that have been confirmed by many reliable witnesses. Now teach these truths to other trustworthy people who will be able to pass them on to others as well. So there's Paul the writer speaking to Timothy the receiver, and he's talking about teaching these to trustworthy people. That's the third generation. Mm -hmm. And the others also, that's the fourth generation. And so there's a picture of it. And I believe our small groups ought ought to keep that picture in mind that Hey, if we're passing on things that will be able to people who will be able to teach others also think about the people in your group, who are they going to be teaching? I mean, if we're passing it on, obeying this scripture, then they're going to turn around and teach it. Mm-hmm. And so we've got to, you know, I, I think that's a good verse that just helps us to focus on multiplication. Um, number five is this group size matters. And I don't know if, uh, if you've noticed this, Chris, uh, with, leading groups with different types of attendance. When you have a group meeting with four or five people there, everybody has a chance to talk and, mm, and yeah. people hop in. You know, you get to a group of 10 or 12, there are a few people who back off. I've noticed that in in my wife. She's not as outgoing as I am. Mm-hmm. We, we get in a, as the group gets a little bit larger, she says less, you know. She's content to sit there and not hop in. But if she's not talking, we don't get to know her. Right. And so that that takes away from the group. Um, a group can even get to the size where it gets the point that there's so much being said that the teacher or the leader is tempted to just lecture. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I've seen that happen Guilty. a number of times. <laughs> Guilty. <laughs> well, and, and you know immediately when, when it's hit that peak, when, you, when your size is too big, it's when you hear the famous words, when it's prayer request time. Oh, we're fine. Everything's fine. Oh, yeah. We're good. Yeah. 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 And you're just like. Oh, no, it's not. Something's going on. (laughs) That's true. That's true. And, um, you know, I've noticed times when we break up men and women, um, we try to do that periodically. We haven't done it in a while, but I'm, in fact, this coming Sunday, I'm going to do that with my Sunday morning group. We're going to break up men and women. And there are times I've been in one of those breakouts and and a guy's been sharing something. I just thought we wouldn't be hearing this right now. Right. If we were, he would would never say that. Yeah. Yeah. If we end up with a larger group and with the women. Yeah. as well. So sometimes that's a valuable thing. Which I think we could do a whole other episode on men and women and men being able to talk openly yeah. about things like women can. Mm-hmm. It's a gift. I yes. wish men would do it. Yes. Me included. Yes. <laughs> so put that on the list. We'll there get we to it. We'll get to it. All right. Um, reason number six, I'm going to call this the 10 principle. And Is there 10, re- 10 sub points to this number six? No, so. actually, no. There probably should be, but they're not. The 10 principle is this. And I, I've had fun. I, I realized this in, uh, in a church when I was leading, you know, probably 20 years ago, and actually have, have taught a course to other churches about this. And the thing I'll do is I'll ask a Sunday school director at a church or small groups minister, hey, how many people do you have involved or what's your average attendance mm-hmm. in your groups? And they'll give me a number, you know, assuming they, they track that stuff, and most people do. We probably track here at Brook Hills less than most. <laughs> and then I would say, okay, take your number of groups. Divide your average attendance by your number of groups, and your number is going to be close to 10. Hmm. Um, I had a conference one time with about 40 people in the room, and I had, had 10 or 12 of them do that math for me and give me the answer. Every answer was between like 8.2 and 12.4. Oh, wow. And so – 
the question is, do you have that many groups because you have that many people? Or do you have that many people because you started enough groups to facilitate that amount of people? And so one of the things I realize as a small group minister here is that for every additional group we have, we're going to have about 10 more people on average every week involved in that group. Gotcha. That, okay. I can see that's twisting yeah. your brain a little bit. Yeah, a little bit, yeah. <laughs> so anyway, so bottom line, I love starting new groups. Yeah. And, and the more groups we can start, you know, you might think of it as um, as a kind of a sticky pad, you know. The more sticky pads you have out there, the more people are going to find a place to plug in. Maybe like Legos, you know, the more Lego blocks out there, mm-hmm. you have more chances for people to plug in. And so the 10 principle is pretty important. But um, bottom line, the more times, you know, we multiply our groups, the more people we're going to involve in the church and in our small groups. And so I like it. That's important. Okay. This one I love. Number seven is this, change is coming. Sometimes people really want to hold on to the way things are. Man, life just doesn't work that way. No. You know? And so, that's, a, that's a slippery slope. Yeah. Uh, change is coming anyway. Mm-hmm. And so we might as well, you know, leverage that for, for good. And so, I mean, your group of friends isn't going to remain the same. You know, mm-hmm. somebody's going to get a job transfer or – somebody's going to move or just so many things change in life. And so anyway, we're not going to be able to keep things the way they are anyway, like a lot of us would love to keep them. So anyway, let's, let's leverage the change. And, um, you know, this next one, um, probably should have gone under the other category and I think I misplaced it, but, uh, under the how, which actually this fits in really well as we get to the how, because I was going to say this number nine, it should have been number one. So we're just going to make it number one in the how, and that <laughs> okay. is that is pray for wisdom. Yes. Um, you know, we need to be praying about our group life and, and seeking God's will in everything that we do. And so, you know, praying about multiplying our groups and, and as we look for leaders, that's one of the things we can do. One of my points is looking for leaders. And, man, let's don't forget to, to ask God. Um, one quick story about prayer. Um I've been in small group ministry so long that it seems like I've almost seen every situation and, and kind of know how to handle it. And so sometimes I forget to pray, and that's a that's a bad thing. Um, one time early in my ministry, I had done – I was at a church where I was responsible for preschool children and all of that, you know. And the new year was coming, and we didn't have a second-grade Sunday school teacher. And I had – done everything I knew how to do. And I remember sitting in my office one day and said, I just prayed and I said, God, I've done everything I know how to do. If this is going to be filled, it's just going to have to be you because I don't know what to do. (laughs) And within 24 hours, this lady walked into the church. She came in. It was, you know, not Wednesday night, not Sunday morning. And she said something like, hey, Jay, I've, I've just been burdened. I feel like God wants me to serve somewhere. And I just don't know where would be a good place for me to serve? And I just thought, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> I think I know. I have the right I place think for I you. know a place where you can serve. And so, you know, we don't need to forget. That just made me think, you know, I should start out praying and, and recognizing this is the work of God. Mm-hmm. Um, he, wants, he wants leaders and teachers and uh, people who are 
passing on the faith more so than we do. It's his work. And so let's talk to him about it. So, And it's, it's 100% applicable to pray for just what we just finished talking about and that change um, and pray that everyone handles it well, because change does come and you do have friendships and relationships that change when things multiply. Mm-hmm. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. going to be okay. Yeah. That is so true. That's so true. Well, um, I think we're going to definitely need to put this in a couple of uh, different <laughs> episodes. And so we will um, come back to that. But um, one thing is um, I've read a good book recently. Some of you guys uh, that listen are ministry leaders. And the book is called Life-Giving Groups by Jerry Lineman. And he's in uh, in Louisville, Kentucky. And it, I, was, I was shocked. I read this book recently. And he shared a lot of things that I had just learned by experience. And so mm-hmm. um, I would encourage you, if you're a ministry leader, get the book Life-Giving Groups by Jerry Lineman, and it will have a lot about multiplication that will really bless you. But Chris, looking forward to next time. We'll share a lot more of the how to do it now that we've talked the why. Well, that's all for this episode of the Great Groups Podcast. Please do subscribe on your favorite podcast app so that you won't miss the next episode. Also, visit us online at greatgroups.org and leave a comment there. We would love to hear from you. Thanks again for listening today. We'll be back next time with a conversation that inspires you to make disciples. And that's the point of great groups. Make disciples.